Hello and welcome to another Spency on Soaps with me, Susan Spence. This time around, we're looking forward to the week of July 19th in the world of Coronation Street, Emmerdale and EastEnders. So let's get straight to it then. And Coronation Street, well, John is up to his neck in it. He gets thumped for having an affair, using the term loosely, because, of course, he didn't have the affair. Colin Fishwick did, but since he's masquerading as Fishwick, he gets the punches. Charlotte blackmails him, plus Fizz wants him to quit his job before things get totally out of hand. Well, it's a bit too late for that, really, isn't it? Because Charlotte's husband has thrown her out, thinking he's having an, she's having an affair. So she demands money from John, or she'll dob him in. We always knew she was trouble. So all he needs now is for the real Colin Fishwick to find out what's been going on. And you can tell by the way I've said that, that he does. Uh, Ryan discovers Sophie and Sean are lovers. After saving her life, the least Sean thinks she can do is to accept Ryan's invitation to tea. And you can't really blame her for that. However, we all know that he has more than tea in mind, and so does Sophie. So she gate crashes. And even though it's clear when she turns up that they're not up to anything, unless she can't eating tomato soup as being up to anything, her jealousy gets the better of her and she storms out. Sean races after her to explain everything, just saying, look, you know what, I was just going to let Ryan down gently after we had eaten. And she kisses Sophie to reinforce her feelings. You know what's coming next, don't you? Wondering what on earth is going on, Ryan has followed them and seen everything. So how will he react? And will he spill the beans? Audrey turns 70 this week. It's a big week as she asks Lewis to move in with her and then suggests they sell up and move to France. Why France? It's not actually France. It's Greece. You know why I'm thinking France, don't you? I've got one eye on Emmerdale, which we'll do next. Uh, it's obvious he's not keen and he tries to be non-committal. Things are brought to a head later at Audrey's surprise 70 bath, bash, which is thrown by Natasha at the Rovers, when a drunken Claudia annoys Audrey so much that she publicly announces that she and Lewis are moving to Greece. How will Lewis react? Not particularly well. But that's not all, because Claudia has revealed to Gail all about Lewis's past as an escort. And soon everyone in the Rovers knows. Now, of course, this is something that, I don't know about you, but I kind of forgot about this. I forgot that um, nobody else really knew that Lewis was an escort. Kind of just thought, well, because we knew that everybody else did, but of course they didn't. Uh, and of course, Gail's now worried that her mum could not only be on the path to heartbreak, but also bankruptcy, because Gail always thought there was something not quite right about Lewis. Eileen takes control of her life, which I like because um, I think that Sue Cleaver is a great actress and very much underused in Corey. She's fed up of being Eileen, basically, and leading Eileen's life. So she tells Stephen Lloyd that she wants to buy into streetcars. Then she makes an offer on Molly and Tyrone's house. Hmm. Remember Molly and Tyrone? They've hardly been in it at all because, of course, they're meant to be moving to Cheshire. Question is... How did Eileen get all this money? Where did she get it from? Hmm. And also this week in Corey, Maria's back and she asks Audrey if she can have first refusal on the salon. Natasha will not be pleased with that. And Sunita and Dev swap jobs for the week. Hmm. You can imagine what Dev thinks about that, especially by the end of it. Sunita says she wants to go back to work, therefore they need to get a nanny. On to Emmerdale then, and Diane bids farewell to the village, or does she? You know my theory on this. 
Val and Rodney throw her a leaving party and as she gives a point farewell speech, she realises just what she's leaving behind. Seeing her with her loved ones prompts Charlie to go off to visit his daughter to let her know that he's ill before he leaves. Good of you. Diane thinks it's a good idea and waves him off. Will she ever see him again? So who are the new landlords of the Woolpack? Well, Nicola and Jimmy, of course, because Scarlett gives them money um, as she can see how much it means to them. I think she can see how much it means to Nicola and thinks that she'll make her brother's life that little bit easier. But I'm not sure how the locals will feel about seeing Nicola's grumpy face behind the bar every day of the week. <laughs> Mind you, depending on what happens with Diane, it may not be a fait accompli. You'll just have to watch and see what happens over the coming weeks. Uh, it's goodbye Shadrach. Marlon gets his uncle to throw away his booze with the promise of making a fresh start. So they pour the tins down the sink. However, when Shadows discovers Marlon's arranged a surprise birthday party with all the family, he gets cold feet and scarpers. Strange, since being accepted back into the fold is what he wanted, but after a heart-to-heart with Laurel, he does turn up, but he's as drunk as a skunk, much to Marlon's annoyance. So will the family forgive him? Either way, it's his last birthday in Emmerdale, but does he leave in a box or for pastures new? We shall see. It's a shame, though. I think Andy Devine... Sometimes I thought, oh, what was the point of him? And then now that he's going, you kind of think, well, there would be other dingles that I'd like to say goodbye to before him. But um, that's it. He's 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 gone. Uh, Maisie and Nickel get back together. Um, I do love these two, as you know. But it doesn't start off too well when Maisie arrives at Holgate to find Nickel with a scantily clad woman. It's Amber, who Jay has called so that his brother can get her out of his head once and for all. She's the one, of course, who he caught with his mate and he's why he's had this problem in the bedroom of course she has other ideas and while nickel thinks she's left she's actually popped upstairs to change into one of his shirts cue Maisie's arrival thankfully it's all sorted and he confides in her that he's a virgin which is why he's been acting really strangely lately didn't i say weeks ago that that was the mystery uh, Maisie, mind you, I suppose it didn't take a genius to work it out. Uh, Maisie's very understanding, which is good because I wasn't sure that she would be. And she's just actually quite relieved that it's not all the other things that she'd been thinking. You know, it's like in your head, you imagine all these things. And when you hear about it, you think, oh, thank God for that. And uh, Nathan frames Ryan. He goes behind Natasha's back and frames Ryan rather than Faye for Mark's murder. Of course, he got that idea last week when we saw uh, he was meant to go into Faye's house, couldn't quite get there. But um, being given the keys from Rona, managed to get in and plant all the evidence. So when Kane threatens Natasha again, Nathan urges his mum to go on holiday with Declan, which she does. But not before she tells Will about her romance, and Will's fine with it. Of course, it's uh, Nathan's little plan to get her out of the way. But soon it's all going to be in vain, though. And Nathan will find himself in a police cell. But who will eventually go down for murder? And on to EastEnders then, and Ronnie's upcoming nuptials with Jack puts the family into overdrive this week with really quite devastating consequences. Uh, Glenda puts on the dress she wore when she married Archie and urges Ronnie to wear it for her big day with Jack. It's not Glenda's fault, but her innocent comment that she wants Jack to look at Ronnie the way Archie looked at her is enough to make Ronnie make her excuses and leave, because quite honestly, she feels physically sick. Later, as she returns and goes upstairs, she gets the shock of her life when she hears Archie's voice. Roxy and Glenda are watching an old home video, and Ronnie is so distressed by it, she leaves before anyone sees her. One of Ronnie's issues, really, about this is that she can't understand how Roxy can sit and reminisce about their dad 
when she knows what he did to Ronnie. Which, of course, remember that? I think it was a live episode. She kind of told her what happened. But Roxy's kind of put it to the back of her mind and clearly didn't believe her. So all of this combined with the ladies bickering about who's taking the bride-to-be shopping uh, is enough to send Ronnie over the edge. And when Peggy and Glenda start to trade insults over Archie, Ronnie storms out. And uh, as Roxy goes to comfort her sister, Ronnie takes the plunge and reveals that when she was 13 years old, Archie raped her. So this is Soapland after all, and as she makes the shock admission, they turn and realise Peggy, Glenda and Jack have heard everything. So I suppose that means then that if Archie raped her at 13, and that was when she had the baby, that Danielle then was Archie's daughter. That would be really, wouldn't it? Now, what follows next is quite bizarre. Peggy doesn't believe a word of it and calls Ronnie some harsh names. Uh, Jack says he believes her and vows never to let anyone hurt her again. And Glenda, as you'd imagine, believes her daughter. But that begs the question, how did she not know what was going on? And if she did know, why didn't she do anything about it? So that in itself will cause a few problems. Ronnie, uh, Roxy, eventually comes round. She admits that some of the things that happened when they were growing up now make sense. Now, Roxy's change of heart doesn't rub off on Peggy, though. So Roxy decides to move out of the Vic and asks her aunt to look after things while she's away. Where does this leave Peggy? And also, where does it leave the Vic? Well, it's Denise's funeral this week, and Patrick has a breakdown uh, in the shop, actually. He kind of uh, ushers everybody out and can't really quite cope, and then he tells the girls that they have to move out the B&B because he's like, well, you know, I'm not family and all this type of thing. But he eventually gets through it with the help of Lucas, of all people. Um, so they all go to the funeral. Um, Libby and Chelsea want to give a eulogy, but just not up to it. And thankfully, Patrick steps in and gives a fitting eulogy to the woman he saw as a daughter. More on that next week and the coming weeks, because uh, obviously it's a big, big storyline. Um, Ben's being bullied. Phil and Peggy visit him in The Young Offenders, and Phil goes AWOL, leaving Peggy thinking she'll have to go on her own. But thanks to Shirley, Phil turns up, and they're relieved to hear that Ben's doing OK, and has even made a friend. But once they leave, it's clear he's having a terrible time at the hands of his so-called friend. Craid Playhouse, that's Christian and Saeed, of course. They're playing Happy Families and even go shopping for furniture. But Saeed is left embarrassed when it comes to buying a mattress. Because I suppose it kind of hits home as to what he's doing. In a bid to understand Saeed's religion, Christian goes to the mosque. Oh dear, what is he thinking? But of course, all hell lets loose when Masood spots him and Tamwar has to usher him away. Poor Tamwar is in a bad situation, actually, because his mum wants them to disown Saeed. But uh, Tamwar thinks it's wrong and uh, stands up against her and also goes against his parents' wishes by going to dinner at Saeed and Christian's flat. Uh, However, Saeed has to ask Christian to tone down his display of affection out of respect for his brother, because you know what he's like, he's a bit touchy-feely and it's all a bit too much in Tamwar's face. And it's little things like this that that make it clear that the boys probably have quite a long journey ahead of them if this is to last the course. And it's going to be interesting to see how it all affects Tamwar, who's a great little character, and you kind of wonder when they're going to start to give him his own proper storylines. Also this week, Adam's slimy secret is out, of course. He cheated and tried to blackmail Lucy, but then she played a big part in it with the exam thing and all of that kind of thing. Anyway, he's publicly humiliated by Libby. Um, Abby tries to sabotage Darren's relationship with Jodie because, of course, she's got a crush on him, hasn't she? But it seems she needn't worry as Jodie runs screaming <laughs> when she sees Daz in his boxers. 
poor Darren. He's one of my favourite characters in EastEnders. Uh, so there you go. That's you up to date with the week of July the 19th in the world of Corey, Emmerdale and EastEnders. I'm Susan Spence. Thanks for listening to Spencey on Soaps. And we'll catch you back here next week. See ya. <laughs>